Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I have Frances Cook on the pod and Frances has a range of things going on. Not only is um, she a host of many different podcasts, but also an author and I'm really excited to hear about your financial literacy journey and um, what sort of led you to writing a book and doing all sorts of things. So hi Frances, how are you? I'm good, thank you so much for having me on. No worries at all. Um, so I guess to start off, maybe we'll get you to explain a bit about your day to day and um, what you sort of do in your job, because I know that um, some people will know who you are and some people might not be so sure. Yeah, well, there's also the the public facing part of the job and then all of the yeah. madness behind the scenes. So yeah, hi, everyone. Um, so I, I think the thing that if, if anyone's heard my name before, most people know me for the Cooking the Books podcast. So that is the personal finance podcast that I, well, it was my start in podcasting, I guess. Um, so I record interviews for that pretty regularly. I also edit and sound engineer all my own episodes. Um, I'm also, as well as hosting a bunch of podcasts for The Herald, I um, am their podcast production manager, which sounds fancier than it is, but wow. just means I, <laughs> I, I look after other people's podcasts as well. So I help them out with scripting and recording and editing and oh. all that good stuff. Um, so it is a lot happening day to day but um I like to be busy so it's good Mm, yeah definitely that's so cool and so did you start off as a journalist originally or were you always interested in media then came to do the podcast thing after that yeah so I was a journalist for I've been a journalist now nine or ten years um wow which is yeah makes I feel like I only just graduated but that is becoming less and less true every day um (laughs) so I was in radio for a long time so that's how I know the audio world and that was how I kind of made the leap into podcasting and I've covered all sorts of things I've done court um which I loved for a long time and after a while it's very depressing and very sad mm. um so I knew that I needed to leave that after a while because it's getting in my head and I did politics for a while which was awesome but can also get in your head and then I have done business and personal finance now so I yeah I clearly have a short attention span <laughs> well it's awesome that you can also I guess explore those different um areas as well within your job yeah, I got to say, um, journalism gets a bad rap for being a dying industry that doesn't pay anything, <laughs> which is yeah. somewhat exaggerated. I do genuinely believe journalism will always exist in some form. It's just what form. Mm. Um, but even totally. though the pay is genuinely terrible, um, best perks <laughs> in the world, eh? Like I just, I'm really? someone who, yeah, I mean. I traveled to Kenya last year for the travel team. Oh, wow, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, and I just get to call people up and say, hey, it's Francis from the Herald. And mm. people don't care about who I am, but they hear Herald and they give me the time of day. Um, yeah. So I get to talk to really interesting people um, for my job. So I 
I still would genuinely recommend this career path for anyone who just is interested in the world around them and wants to explore things. It's still a really cool job. You just got to, you know, buckle up for a fun ride. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so good to know as well. And when did you, well, when and why did you become interested in financial literacy? Because I feel like it's definitely not something that is commonly spoken about or maybe you're introduced to um, as you're moving through your career. So how did you become interested in that? Yeah, nobody talks about money, right? We would rather talk about Mm. literally any other topic than money. Um, I got to a point in my career where I... um, I was doing okay. I was, I, you know, finally argued for a few pay rises. And for a long time, I thought that was my problem. Um, but every time I got a pay rise, I somehow felt like I was still exactly where I was before. And I couldn't work out where I was going wrong. And I was feeling more and more frustrated with myself. Um, I think it's a really common thing to feel like you should be doing better, but not to have any idea where to start. Um, and I actually, started listening to a lot of financial podcasts. Um, At that time, there wasn't a heck of a lot of podcasting in New Zealand, and there were certainly no money podcasts in New Zealand. So I was listening to all of these American ones, and they would start talking about things like um, their 401ks, which is a version of their KiwiSaver. (laughs) So you can kind of get some of it. But I mean, New Zealand's personal finance land is so different. We don't have... um, the tax breaks that other countries have. We don't have the travel hacking and credit card points that other people have. And so sometimes these episodes would come up that I'd just be like, this is interesting, but I'm pretty sure you can't do this here. And so um, Mm. just taking advantage of the fact that, like I said before, you know, in journalism, you can just pitch things. And I just went to my bosses. I was working at the Herald by then. And I went to my bosses and I said, look, I've done radio for years. I know how to do audio. You should give me a weekly podcast where I'm going to talk to people about money and ask all of the questions that a total newbie would need to know. (laughs) Not mentioning the fact that I was also a total newbie. I just kind of left that part out of the conversation. (laughs) Um, And for some reason, my bosses just backed me. I I think it was a combination of... Um, I'd been there long enough that they trusted me and also they had kind of heard about podcasting but they didn't really want to deal with it themselves and so I pop up and say I'll make a podcast guys and they say yeah yeah someone should be doing that okay you go do that (laughs) all spiraled from there Wow, that's so amazing that you just went for it and you just had the confidence in yourself to go for it like that and they obviously trusted you, so that's amazing. And so tell us a bit about your book and why you decided to write that. Yeah, so kind of the whole time I was doing Cooking the Books, obviously I was partly doing it because I really wanted to sort out my own finances too. So I was keeping an eye on the biggest things I was learning and sort of keeping a record of that and some notes of some of the most interesting things people had talked to me about and how I was applying it in my life. And these notes just started to um, spiral out of control. (laughs) And after a while, I sort of looked at it and thought, this could be something a little bigger. Um, Because podcasts obviously are great in terms of Um, I often will start by thinking, okay, what's one question people need answered? And then I'll build everything backwards 
from there you know and so we've got a topic mm. and we're looking at it and it's it's really good you can get a deep dive but in terms of having a place where you could say what are the basics that everyone needs to know and the order that you need to do it in because there is a, a certain order that you need to do these money things in when you're getting mm. started um and so I was a couple of years in, I thought if I was going to start now and tell myself everything I needed to know, what would I tell them? And then when I was looking at other money books, and this is absolutely no shade to any other authors because there are incredible authors out there who probably know a lot more than I do, frankly, but it's hard to talk about money like a real person really hard. And so I wanted to make it a friendly place where there was no judgment and where the jargon was just gone. And so I really wrote it with the myself from two years ago in mind, knowing that I was probably very similar to everyone else. I think we're all probably more similar than we want to believe. So I was like, all right, if I needed it, probably other people do too. Um, and I just wrote it. And then I had to figure out how to get it published. That was a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I completely resonate with that as well, especially just removing all of the jargon and the kind of complexity around financial literacy because it can be broken down and I think it just looks like this huge beast from someone outside and then once you actually get into it, it can be made pretty easy and that's so awesome that your book is able to do that for so many people. And so – you started to write the book, I assume, after you started the Cooking the Books podcast. And so how did your financial journey start pre all of that? Did you know that you had maybe unhelpful patterns in your finances or it was something that you noticed later on? Yeah, it was just that feeling of powerlessness, of not really knowing where you were going with things and how you were supposed to fix it. And I mean, I think it's, again, that thing of how so few people talk about money. And you're dead right that it looks complicated from the outside. If you strip away all of that jargon, actually, personal finance is one of the simplest things. Um, I had one of my friends um, joked and said, well, how do you find new ways to keep saying the same thing over and over? Because that's all personal finance is. I was like, excuse you, how rude. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little bit right um, that actually the, the foundations of personal finance don't really change. It's figuring out how to talk to people in a way that makes sense to them and stop it being this big, scary beast. So yeah, I basically, when I started cooking the books was where I started saying, okay, I need to figure out where I'm going wrong. And I would, you know, talk to people about KiwiSaver or saving or budgeting. But in the course of those conversations, I would also figure out some of the underlying things that had been holding me back. Um, and I assume also holding other people back because, again, <laughs> I think we're very much all the same. Mm. Um, and you sort of start to figure out that it's the technicalities of personal finance, not hard. Mastering your own head and getting into your own head properly so that you can put it into practice, 
that's the hard bit. Actually, so much of money is not the technicalities mm. of it. It's mastering your own emotions and your own behavior. Yeah, completely agree with that. And so for you, did you find that quite difficult to make changes? And what was the first benefit you noticed when making those changes? Yeah, so I think change is always difficult. Um, often we'll come up with excuses of why we can't or why things are out of our control. Um, and I. <laughs> it's actually a, a quote from a, um, a fitness video that I used to do over and over again. So I could almost go line for line on it. But one of the things she would say is like, if you're not putting in your full effort, the only person you're cheating is yourself. Um, which is so true. All of these people who are trying to help you, actually the only person that really cares if you sort out your own money situation is yourself. Um, so I really tried to remind myself, okay, is this a genuine reason for why I can't do something or is this an excuse? And really tried to remove the um, emotional safety net that we put in for ourselves so that we don't have to address our own behavior. And um, I think a lot of us fear addressing our money situation head on because money is related to all of those very vulnerable parts of ourselves, you know, how important we think we are, how smart we think we are. And it keys into all of those things. And if you acknowledge that you don't fully know what you're doing, or you're not earning as much as you want to be, it can feel like an attack on you. But actually, once once you face up to it, and you say, I'm going to learn more, and I'm going to figure this out, almost instantly you feel a bit calmer and much faster you'll also feel happier as well because okay I managed to buy a house and I did start investing and I have a savings account now that in this current situation is keeping me a lot calmer but I think the biggest feeling is feeling like you have some sort of security that is really powerful and feeling like you know what to do if things go wrong that is incredibly powerful. Um, and so I think all of the reasons that we avoid looking at money are actually also the reasons to look at our money because you will genuinely feel happier, more secure, more settled in yourself. Even if you're not where you want to be yet, just knowing what you're putting into place is such a good feeling. I honestly can't recommend it enough. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more with you there. And I, I think I, I read this statistic a couple of days ago, I can't remember the exact figure, but it was something like a very small percentage of New Zealand could live off um, the money they have currently for like no more than a week. Mm. Um, and I just thought that just puts into perspective how many people throughout this whole COVID situation would have been struggling immensely. And it, even should be encouraged more so that we do know what we're doing in those times of emergency or just stress. Because like you say, when you sort of put that plan in place, you instantly become a lot more calmer. I find even if you are overwhelmed with things to do, just writing them all down, you instantly feel like you're on top of it that little bit more. So I couldn't um, agree with you more on that. And so is there anything you did back then when you were sort of struggling with well maybe yeah struggling financially or just struggling to understand how to get on top of your situation that you think about now and motivates you to keep disciplined oh I still fall off the wagon all the time 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I got to say, um, my weaknesses then are still my weaknesses now. Um, food and beauty products, terrible. Uh, absolute weakness. Yes. Um, turns out I am both greedy and vain. Uh, a really delightful combination in a person. Um, I think the most important thing is to um, – allow yourself to make mistakes. You will never be perfect, but at the same time, do keep working on things. So what triggers me to overspend? um, So I am naturally a spender. I am still naturally a spender. Um, And different things can trigger me to want to overspend. Um, And of course, how much you're spending and saving is the basis of everything else. You can't invest without having something left over out of your budget, you know? Um, And so I I think about in times like now, right, it's very insecure times for people. And it's, even though my job is still fine for now, um, hopefully I don't jinx myself there, but, you know, I'm fine for (laughs) now. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've got a, um, I've got a a wooden table behind me. I'll just knock on that right now. (laughs) Um, But I I am still doing okay for now, but it's the insecurity of everything around us. And it is a little scary looking at the world around us. And it was really funny. I started to notice that it was making me want to buy things. Um, I don't know what that is about psychologically. If I was trying to like feather my nest or something real primitive, I don't know what was going on. But I did notice that there was something in the current insecurity of the situation that was making me want to buy. And even just being aware enough to be thinking, oh, okay, I'm wanting to spend more than I should. What's going on there? How am I feeling? Check in with myself. Ooh, not feeling super secure that sucks. Okay, moving on. And even, and it sounds so woo when you say it out loud, but um, even just doing, I'm not a very woo person. So I find talking about emotions very weird. (laughs) And yet so much of personal finance relates to it. So I accidentally backed myself into a corner there. Um, (laughs) You know, it's even just checking in with yourself and having the awareness to spot that you're slipping into an unhealthy pattern and say, okay, I bought a thing I shouldn't have. That's in the past. It's, it's bought now, but what caused it? And what am I going to do about it? Um, and I think having the security as well of looking at things and going, okay, well, you have a savings account. You're going to be okay. And you have some investments, which you could liquidate if you had to, or you could just leave them be. And you have a roof over your head and you have a partner who has a job. And if you really, really had to, you know how to cut everything back so that you can live off one income. Um, And I think it's just walking yourself through, I guess, to go back to your original question, how do I stay on focus? It's taking the things that I've learned and applying them quite dispassionately and just saying, okay, you know how to face up to these things, face up to it. What's going on? Okay. What are you going to apply to that? And it's the knowledge is really, really helpful, but having the security to face up to it and knowing that it will be better once you face up to it is by far the most valuable thing I've learned to always address it head on is really powerful. Mm, Yeah, for sure. And 
if someone is in a similar situation right now or they're struggling to organize their personal finances, I'm sure a lot of people might be in that situation. What are a few practical things someone can do right now to get on track? I think the biggest thing, um, and this is going to tap into some of what I've been talking about with um, knowing your triggers, is keeping a money diary just for a week if you really hate the idea. But if you can do it for a month, you are going to really figure some stuff out. So see how you go. But just every bit of money that you spend, and I'm talking rent, um, a coffee, everything in between, every bit of money gets noted down. And then you need to write down how much you actually genuinely had to spend that money um, and be honest with yourself. And then also how much it made you happy. Because I think where budgeting gets a bad rap is people just think, oh, I have to cut everything back and live off beans and rice and it's going to suck. And I think the only reason to get your money sorted is to be living the best version of your life that you can. So if you keep track of how much you needed to spend it and also how happy it made you, then you are figuring out what adds to your life. And you only want to keep the things that you need and that make you happy. If you bought something and then felt super guilty about it and knew it was throwing you off track, that didn't actually make you happy. Um, Or if you met up with someone who you never actually enjoy spending time with them, then um, maybe those brunches need to be fewer and further between. (laughs) Or, you know, if you bought a freaking $6 ridiculous coffee with syrup in it and you had a really hard day at work that day and that was genuinely the highlight of your day, keep that coffee. I mean, that is, I hate when people talk about, um, you need to cut coffees and you need to always bring lunch from home. If you can budget it in and have it as a proper place in your life and it genuinely makes you happy, keep it. But just don't be mindlessly buying things that don't make you happy at all. And once you have that money diary, once it's in front of you, you'll be shocked at what pops out at you. And you'll also see trends of the types of things you buy that do neither. And once it's on paper, it honestly, it will change everything. Yeah, I think that's so important. And like you say, people sometimes can go to the extremes when it comes to sorting out their financial journey. And sometimes I feel like I compare it to when people go on a fitness journey and they (laughs) feel like all of a sudden they've got to cut every food group out of their diet. And just like with money, you know, all of a sudden they've got to cut everything they spend money on. But like you said, if it makes you happy and it genuinely makes a difference to your day, you can budget it in, but it's about being mindful about that. So I really, I really agree with you there. And so as we move further towards normal life, whatever that it might look like in the future, what do you think people should be considering about their financial situations coming out of the other side of it? Yeah. And by the way, I so agree with you. I follow a lot of people from the FIRE community, which is financial independence, retire early. And some of them are so frugal. Um, I I love them to bits. They give me so many tips, um, but I don't think I could live life that frugally. Amazing people Mm. though. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So tips for the future. I think if you're in the current situation and you're feeling really insecure, As hard as it is, I think you need to focus on that feeling and remember it and use it to motivate you because this is exactly the sort of situation that personal finance will prepare you for. You know, um, 
even if you have, you don't have to be an investing guru. Although if you make some investments, I promise you it's easier than you think. And starting young is excellent. Um, but you don't have to do it. Um, even if you just have those basics of a savings account and you start by trying to build up $1,000 and then after that you try to build up to three months of your expenses. Imagine if you had that in your savings account right now and you're worried about your job and you could look at that and think, well, I can survive for three months um, no matter what comes, I have three months of space to find a new job. How much better would that be making you feel right now? Um, and whenever I'm thinking about things, I'll often, it's that why that I always keep in the forefront of my mind. Um, people talk about finding your why a lot in the personal finance community. And it is a bit of a cliche because it's true. Um, I really value my independence and my freedom. So the more financially independent I am, the more I'm able to back myself and I can walk away from situations that aren't right for me, whether that's work or home or whatever. Money means independence. And that is my why that the further I get through this, the less other people are able to tell me to do things that I don't want to do. And having that in the forefront of my mind reminds me that impulse buying some $200 dress is not what I want. There are way more important things that I am focused on. Um, and that is, it's that vision of what your life will be like when you get there in the end. Um, so I think even just starting on that security for yourself and the savings account, and I, I think, well, my my experience was once I got that sorted, I was hungry for more. And from there, I figured out things like buying a house and starting investing in shares. But don't expect yourself to become some financial guru overnight. Genuinely focus on those little things, the savings account that will give you stability and figuring out what your ideal life would look like and what values are important to you um, and how having your money sort of would help you get there. Those things will keep you motivated when the inevitable challenges happen um, or some ad gets in your head. You can remember that there's something more important that you are working towards. Yeah, that is so important. And like you say, money equals independence. And I am right there with you about the $200 dress. Um, I need to also cut back on my clothes spending, but that's a story <laughs> for another day. <laughs> Join um, me on the um, thrift shop challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, yeah, I definitely need to. I mean, honestly, I, I cracked up when you said beauty products and food because I think that is actually my life. But yeah. <laughs> and so I guess do now think that you've been through this journey that it's even more important to have a good understanding of your money and finances when you're young and what are some personal tips that have really shaped your journey yeah I mean the thing about money is the easiest way to make money is time um so if you have ten dollars you want to invest when you are 20 that is more powerful than investing twenty dollars in your 40s um, which is kind of crazy to think about. It, it feels like when you're young and broke, you don't, you're never going to get anywhere with money. So why bother trying? But actually when you're young and broke is the best time to get started because, um, we have these incredible 
platforms now that let you start investing with as little as $5. And if you put it into something like a, a fund, I personally only ever advocate for putting money into low fee index funds because we all like to think we're super smart, but that is the easiest way to do it. And you also make the most money. This is my favorite thing about personal finance is the easy ways to make money while you're broke are also the best ways to make money. It's great. So young and broke, best time to start because your money will go to work making you more money. And then the money that you've made also makes you more money and it snowballs so fast. And that's what everyone refers to as compounding. Um, And it is crazy powerful. It is, if you start investing with the little bit you have now, it will be more powerful than investing with a lot more once you're older. So I don't want to intimidate people into thinking if you're going to look after your money, you have to be investing. I definitely advocate for investing. I think it's great. Start with the savings account, start with your KiwiSaver, and then start looking at investing. And I promise you, it's so much easier than you think. It is um, the index funds, low fee, five bucks when you've got it sorted. Yeah, definitely. I, I really do agree with you. And I, her, uh, one of my, the first podcasts I might have um, listened to of yours on cooking the books was um, you talking about those funds and how. You, that is what you advocate for. And from then on, I went and invested in that as well because after doing a bit of research, you do understand that that is the easiest and best way. So that's awesome. And definitely check out Francis's podcast if you need some more help around that because um, I've definitely found a lot of value in it as well. And so do you have any preferences of resources that people in New Zealand can use to help them? Oh, well, I'm, I'm still just stuck on the compliments. Thank you for the compliments. Um, and I'm really glad that you started investing um, because that's, that's cool. Um, so, yeah, resources. Um, obviously, I would forgive the self-plug, but genuinely I wrote it for a reason. Um, so my book, mm. Tales from a Financial Hot Mess, is the 101 of everything that you should know about your money. So it is from budgeting, money mindset, KiwiSaver, investing, buying a house. It is the things that I think all of us should know. But um, I also put in heaps of the ways that I screwed up my finances. So I promise you I won't be bored and it's a judgment-free zone because I'm also hoping you won't judge me. Um, So I think that's – well, I hope that's a good one for people. I've had good feedback on it. Um, Also, the Sorted website is incredible. Um, So Sorted is the Commission for Financial Capability, um, but the Sorted website is their customer-focused website, I guess you would say. And you can find budget calculators there. You can find um, the KiwiSaver Fund Finder. I am constantly recommending to people, if you just Google KiwiSaver Fund Finder Sorted, they will help you work out if you're in the right KiwiSaver for your stage of life. And they will also help you rank the different funds. And there's last time I checked, there might be more by now. Last time I checked, there was at least 200 different KiwiSaver providers. So that ranking tool is really, really helpful. Um, Mm. And then from that, I mean, I know I'm biased, but keep an eye on the uh, newspaper personal finance section. I work with some incredible people. It is um, Thames and Parker and um, 
Mary Holm, of course, is the undisputed personal finance queen. Um, and the ways that they explain some of the personal finance issues that are happening in the day-to-day. You know, if your KiwiSaver's dived, they'll have a column on it explaining what's happened. And I think knowledge is really power when it comes to your money. You don't want to watch things too much because you can get in your own head. But if you're reading columns from people who know how this all goes and they'll explain to you the bigger context – um, that can be very soothing and calming and empowering. So that would be sort of the three places I would start. That's still genuinely the three places I get. Well, not my own book is not where I get my own um, information, <laughs> but the two places that I go to often are Sorted and my um, colleagues in the business department at the Herald. It is... Um, we're very lucky with the amount of information we can get good quality information for free. So take advantage of it. Exactly right. And I didn't even know there was a personal finance section in the Herald. So I'm going to definitely go and check that out. And I know I always push the people who listen to this podcast to sorted that website is just amazing. And it breaks everything down into such simple terms. Your book as well. I guilty have not read it yet, but my best friend has and she absolutely loved it so tales from a financial hot mess um definitely definitely give that one a read if you can and so going forward what do you keep in mind when considering your own financial situation now um I think you've always got to keep an eye on the savings level there's a Goldilocks zone with savings where you want enough to feel secure. You need to have a certain amount of cash on hand. Um, but also your savings doesn't really do much for you. And you've got to have, once it hits a certain level, anything extra goes into investments. So I quite like um, keeping an eye on that. And actually keeping an eye on that also makes me feel really secure. <laughs> so um, I think it almost becomes a game with yourself after a while of how can I balance things perfectly and how can I um, just boost my position up a little more, a little more, a little more. Um, and even though I'm not the most frugal person out there, I really enjoy it feels like you're you're hacking your life. I hate the word life hack, but it does feel a little bit <laughs> like that where yeah. you can try to get the same things for a much lower price. So I'm also currently doing my um my cooking the looks challenge where I told myself I wasn't going to buy any new clothes for the whole year. And it was really funny because I actually, it was genuinely a personal challenge where I op shopped a lot, but I was like, all right, you can do this for a whole year. The only exception is underwear because that's gross. Um, (laughs) But I was like, you can do this. You know, you can even do it with shoes. You've got this. And I posted about it on my Instagram And then I got a few requests for interviews about it, which I was like, oh, yeah, sure, fine. And then I found out that one of the editors at the Herald was a little bit mad at me. And she was like, why didn't you give this to us first? And I was like, I didn't know I was giving it to anyone. (laughs) I didn't know this was a story. (laughs) Sorry. Genuinely, this was a personal challenge. So um, 
I am now writing about that for the Herald as well. Wow. <laughs> I accidentally gypped them of the uh, exclusive lifestyle challenge thing. So <laughs> um, I called that Cooking the Looks, which was a hilarious hashtag one of my friends came up with, obviously riffing off my podcast. Um, and I found it so interesting. I thought people would be very bored about me posting about it on my social media. I thought they would think I was very self-indulgent um, posting about, oh, look, I found a new dress and it only cost me $5. Um, but I think people really identified with it um, and kind of understood what I was getting at with, like, I want to keep this in my life because it makes me happy but I'm going to do it for way less. And then I can take the, you know, $100 savings and put it into investing. Um, and so I guess, uh, where am I at now? I'm trying to just keep finding sneaky ways to break the system, to keep the things that I like and that matter to me, but to get them for way less. Um, and then to talk to other people about that, because I just am surprised over and over again by how much people want to talk about this stuff um, and how much people can relate to when you just put yourself out there and say, here's a thing I'm trying, anyone else doing it? And it is always the most, um, I feel like when I'm being my most banal and self-indulgent <laughs> is when people find it interesting. Um, so I think if you just find ways to have those conversations in your day-to-day -day life, it is amazing who you don't even realize you're inspiring and the sorts of other conversations you can kick off that are so important to people. And you could Heck, even just talking to someone about how you are budgeting, you, one of your friends could be listening, they could start using it, it could change their life. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I know it's a big phrase, but I don't say that lightly. Money is at the root of everything. So if we start talking about it and start figuring out ways to have both, to have an enjoyable life and to be having our money under control, that is the secret to, I feel like, pretty much everything. And so with cooking the looks, you've been successful so far? <laughs> yes, so far. I did get, okay, I was tempted one time and my mum was terrible. She encouraged me. She's usually my biggest banger, <laughs> but she nearly broke me. There was this um, t-shirt that came out and it had Ashley Bloomfield's face on it, uh, director of uh, health, <laughs> yeah. um, which I'm sure everyone knows because we've all been watching those 1 p.m conferences and it had his face on it and then it had the curve crusher <laughs> oh my god that would be tempting right yeah. and all of the money was going to women's refuge and I was so so uh, tempted I was like and that this is why my mum encouraged me she was like oh it's for women's refuge you're not even really buying clothes it's a charitable donation I was like mum you know that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I encouraged a few other people to buy some so that I nice. wouldn't feel like I was depriving women's refuge and I stuck to it for myself. I didn't buy it, but um, uh, I'll probably be hoping to scrounge one in an op shop in a couple of years when the yeah. Ashley Bloomfield <laughs> fandom has died down. Hopefully someone will donate one because I still want one. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, for sure. I love Ashley. Honestly, such a legend. I would definitely want to buy that too. And I didn't see that. So probably good for my bank account, but also 
disappointed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so thanks so much, Francis, for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Did you have any final tips or words of wisdom for the young people out there trying to get ahead of their own financial mess, I suppose? Um, well, I think just get started. Um, you do not have to be perfect. You do not have to figure it all out straight away. Um, I promise you that it is simpler than it looks from the outside, but just give yourself time to make the changes that you need to make and start at the beginning, even if it's just listening to a podcast. Um, I found when I started that listening to podcasts, even though they were American at the time, it kept me motivated, right? Because it was like a weekly check-in and talking about things and trying to figure things out and reminding me of my values. So even if you just start at that information gathering point and you try to figure out what you want from all of this and you're not even at the savings yet, you know, just get started because once you start to figure this all out, it does get addictive and you will realize that you have so much more in your power than you realized. Um, and for the things that aren't in your power, you will have a better idea of what needs to change. So even if you are feeling like you'll never get ahead and the job market is broken, I hear you on that front. I work in journalism, <laughs> but there is always things that you can do to figure it out. The very first step is honestly just getting started. It spirals from there. Promise. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Well, thank you so much, Francis. Your time is so appreciated. Oh, it was lovely being here. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one.